0: Oh, side note, I built the, the desktop machine for gaming. Oh, cool. He's like totally
1: so psyched. That the of fans, but oh, yeah. Is it water-cooled? No, not
0: yet. It has all this set up for that. Just it's nitrogen. O- it's overclockable, all that, but we're not nice. doing that.
2: You don't want to do nitrogen cooling?
0: This is my budget I'm, computer. I
1: was always afraid if I got a water-cooled one that it would leak.
0: Yeah, It
2: would destroy my computer. (laughs) Is that the fizz buzz? Is that what that is? (laughs) Okay. So, uh, this is the Chariot developer news segment on Angular 2.0. I'm Ken Rimple, Chariot Solutions. All three of us are Chariot Solutions. That makes that easy. Slash Hadle for one of us. Um, So, I'm the host. Uh, I'll be taking the perspective of an Angular developer... Uh, who has discovered that Angular 2.0 is coming out, and just kind of bringing up what thoughts would be by your typical Angular developer community. Uh, on my immediate left is Don Coleman. Say hello to the people, Don. Hey, everyone. The development manager here. What is your title, technically, these days?
0: It's the awesome title, Director of Consulting. That's it
2: right there. <laughs> so, so, um, so Don's going to take uh, a perspective. He does... Um, a lot of mobile development and device development as well as he's got a long history in javascript and a lot of other languages and uh has been in the trenches long enough to know what hurts and what's good with uh development joel confino of course we know from hadle hello joel hello again and uh he's gonna be taking the perspective of that guy from hadle who likes ember <laughs>
1: <laughs> right the ember skeptic going
2: <laughs> hey wait a second um so anyway, so so let me catch everybody up to date. And before I do, let me just uh, mute my headphones because it's going to make me crazy. I hear like a one millisecond delay. There we go. So Angular 2.0. Uh, in the beginning of last uh, this year, 2014, uh, the Angular team was flushed with their success of 1.2. They started seeing huge amounts of adoption. Uh, pretty much anybody who was looking at single-page web application frameworks, was looking at Angular as their future uh, platform for development if they weren't already starting to use it. Um, So very large numbers of people started looking at Angular and and adopting it. At that time, the Angular team was looking down the road. They knew that 1.3 was the next major release, and they would have that done sometime by the beginning of 2015 or earlier, which is, they're they're right on schedule. They just released 1.3.0 at uh, NGConf Europe, or ng-Europe, as I've seen it called as well, uh, just in October. So that's now out. Um, and they've had, even in the uh, beginning of that 2014 NGConf over in, uh, where is it, uh, Salt Lake City in 2014, they laid out that they were working on a big new release 2.0, which was the second release down the road. Now, Angular 2, um, you know, has been kind of sitting in a bunch of Google Docs, uh, and we'll post a link to the Google Docs folder. But uh, basically, you know, if you go out there and take a look at it, there are a whole lot of um, specifications in this folder. Tons and tons of different things, and of course I can't find right now. Um, but you know, going into, for example, dependency injection version two, examples of templating, um, high level design configurations, data binding, there's like a ton of different um, documents. So to their credit, what they're trying to do is they're trying to develop in the open, right? They're trying to say, here's what we think um, the future might look like for Angular 2. We're gonna start putting together some specifications of what we think we need Angular 2 to be. And so I'm just gonna uh, grab a random one. It's usually a problem when I do this, but uh, I'm gonna do um, routing in Angular uh, JS 2.0, and I just double clicked on that from the folder. And so (laughs) there's a, a huge amount of suggestions for people who don't know how to type. Let me uh, get rid of that. <laughs> These Google people Doc need to get fun. themselves a secretary. Yeah, 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 exactly. So um, I'll, I'll, oh, and then my browser crashed even better. Um, yes, hilarious. But anyway, there's a whole bunch of content around
1: um, viewing. It looks like word track changes attacked. <laughs> it did. yeah.
2: What they do is is because Google Doc lets anybody propose a change, they had that turned on for the view. So turn that off when you're looking at this, otherwise you'll get horribly, horribly confused. Um, and so what they do is they start by, you know, what's their objectives? They, in, in Angular 2, a router design, they say there are many known limitations with NG route in JS 1.x. Purpose of the doc is to summarize those issues and plan 2.0, basically. Um, and they're also stating in this one maybe they should backboard some of these features at 1.x, which is a lot of a goal. Um, and they usually talk about what the background is. They talk about prior art. In other words, what have they done? What have other teams done? So, for example, they mentioned NG route 1.x. They mention UI Router, uh, which is a third-party router that's in the Angular UI team, which is a totally separate development team. And then they dig into ideas. You know, uh, They also document Ember's router, for example, uh, and Durandal, which we'll get to in a little bit, um, and Passport. So they go into a whole bunch of different things, and then they kind of state what they'd like it to be, where they want it to head up. And there's a ton of these documents, which makes it difficult to kind of track because you can't go to one document and say, oh, this is the future of Angular. It's all these projects have a bunch of different things. So I think that what happened, just to kind of summarize this, is this kind of languished in Angular um, insiders who are spending a lot of time working on these docs. People from the outside were probably looking at them like I was, saying, wow, this is a lot different. I wonder what it's really going to be like because maybe these are just ideas. And... Then they went and they presented the new version of Angular, and it took a lot of developers by surprise. Yeah,
1: everyone, everyone freaked out. And when you say presented, because I'm probably the last person on earth who didn't actually read exactly what happened here, <laughs> did they just say this is the plan? Did they actually say the specs are finalized? How firm was this, or was this just sort of a test balloon?
2: Yeah, so, so that's a really good question. Um, it it it's, doesn't seem like it's so much a test balloon as a line in the sand saying this is where we're heading. Um, and so I think they've been spending a lot of time thinking big thoughts about what they're going to do in the future
1: with Angular. Um, and just to review yeah. for the folks at home, and which really means me. Um, Hello, folks at home. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the Angular core team saying this is what we're doing. Correct. NG is the Angular decorator for
2: everything Angular. Right. And um, so NG Europe was a two-day conference in Europe that uh, was to address you know, all sorts of different things about Angular development for developers who are using it right now. And um, who are, like, the lead, just, you know, the big names? Like, who, who presented this? Well, good question. So uh, so so most of the people that are in this list are the, the people. Um, it's funny. that it, I must have been in France. They said la creme de la creme <laughs> right at the top. That's funny. Um, Misco Hevery. Um, he is the father. He's the creator of AngularJS. Got it. Uh, along with another developer. And then Igor Minard. He's a very well-known uh, software engineer, as, and he is now currently the lead of the AngularJS team, which I wasn't aware of until I looked at this graphic. Julie Ralph, who works on Protractor, that's the testing tool for um, web testing of Angular components based on... Selenium. Selenium, yes, thank you. And, and the the web API for Selenium in JavaScript. So there's a wrap around that. That's Julie. Fultahina, J-I-N-A, he is also a Google developer at uh, uh, AngularJS. Brian Ford, who has been... Uh, he's a recent college graduate a couple of years ago, uh, and he joined the team after being an intern there. And he seems to be one of the public spokespeople for what's going on in, in Angular as well. Uh, and a bunch of other people. So these are all kind of the main, and this is at uh, ng-conf. I guess it's ng-europe. Of course, I lost my URL here. But um, ng-europe.org. ng-europe.org, correct? Uh, no dash. Okay, ng-europe.org. So that was the conference. So what we're looking at here and what we're talking about is a keynote uh, on at script, which was, uh, I should step back, Angular 2 assumes that Angular 2 itself is developed on the next generation JavaScript, known as Harmony. Um, it's, uh, I believe, uh, it's ECMAScript 1.6 hmm. or JavaScript 1.6, whatever you want to call it. ES6 is for short what you'll see. So that is a huge upgrade or it's cross-grade, let me call it, to the JavaScript language because mm-hmm. it has classes, it has local variables, it has all the things that make the hair stand up on the back of my head. Because we learned from JavaScript that you can write simple code and get things done. So, but there are a fair, fair number of things that they feel as a team they want to move forward with, and they feel that, you know, as far as I can tell, that ECMAScript 6 is the way to develop it. Now, to kind of unwind this for people, especially if you haven't heard any of this before. ECMAScript 1.6 doesn't run in anything modern yet. It will run with a flag turned on in Google Chrome. It'll probably run with flags turned on in Firefox, but it's not something where you can take a current browser on like Windows 8 or on just your Mac and say, oh, I'm just going to natively run ECMAScript 6. It's not quite there yet.
0: Right, which is okay because Angular 2 is not out yet, and they're going to target what they're calling evergreen browsers. Like, you know, what version of Chrome are you running? Does anyone know? Um, I don't know. Right, because Chrome just updates itself and you're always at the latest. Right.
2: So so if you follow that, and, and if you think about how apps, you know, for example, on phones, all iPhone developers pretty much expect that they're going to have relatively current users, right? So if you think of like client apps as native apps, for example, m- you know, uh, many of the native phone users are using more modern uh, phones. Now, maybe not so much in Android. And Don, you know, have some experience with some of this stuff, but... I would say more Android people are coming on with newer phones all the time, right? It's kind of, is that kind of, yeah, I don't want to older ones?
0: devolve into that, but yeah, like yes. Android two, three is horrible, especially from developing in the web view there, but that's finally going, starting to go away. Right, right. And they right. And the more modern versions, they're doing the same thing. They're updating the web view a lot more often and keeping it to be, you know, things you like to develop in, not you have to develop in.
2: Right. So if we follow that angular wants to be in modern browsers, Evergreen browsers being the ones that keep themselves up to date that we don't even pay much attention to because it just happens, at least from the consumer perspective, as we were talking about at lunch before this, Don and I, um, the consumer perspective, this is great because if you use modern browsers, you're going to get eventually ECMAScript 6 and it's all just going to be, you know, happy. But in an enterprise that may pose some problems when they have locked down desktops and they control when the browsers upgrade.
1: May pose a problem. Will pose a problem for Hado, We're still supporting IE8. Yeah. And we're longing for the day when the lowest version of IE we can support is nine or 10. That's probably to you know, a while out. Okay, so, so that's one yeah. of the reasons
2: people are kind of starting to flip out. Some people are starting to flip out is they look and they say, Wait a second, um, ECMAScript six is what they're going for. That's not what we're going to be running now. First of all, let's let's dispel some FUD here. Okay, So the first piece of FUD is that you have to use ECMAScript 6 to use Angular 2. I don't think anyone's telling you you have to do that. Um, in fact, there's a technology out there called the Tracer Compiler, T-R-A-C-E-U-R. It's a JavaScript project. It runs on Node, for example. And um, you basically give it ECMAScript 6 code, and it will backport it to ECMAScript 5. Now, they're using that and an extension they built for it called AtScript to develop angular on the 1.6 platform so they're developing
1: in ECMAScript six so it's almost like coffee script in a way you're developing it in one script you're compiling it down to an older version of javascript that you know will run in more browsers that's correct
2: yeah um, and so that's what they're trying to do so what, the, what their goal is is to develop in the modern browsers and eventually they won't need you to run that you know cross compiled version of angular now I should say that they don't need you to but they actually will because this at script AtScript is on top of ECMAScript 1.6. It's a separate scripting API. Uh, And let me go through the documentation for AtScript that came out of the keynote. So this is a keynote talk at NG Europe. Um, And so first thing it says, AtScript, we're not building a new language. (laughs) Despite the fact
1: that it has a new name,
2: like AtScript. Yeah, exactly. Um, And it's AT, it's not the at sign, it's just AT. So um, then the next slide, which is always a slide that makes me scared.
1: (laughs) We love you. Um, <laughs> because what I'm going to say is going to make you think we hate you. But right. just remember, we love you. <laughs> and we would not force a language upon you. And we are sorry about our APIs. And just to reference the first slide, script is definitely not a language. Right.
2: <laughs> so anyway, so it's kind of fun to read these and go, ooh, maybe that didn't translate very well. <laughs> um, but what they then do is they go through a bunch of Angular code. And, of course, they use the most... I'm going to say hated just because when people learn Angular, it's the one they wrestle with and get mad at until they learn it. And then sometimes they still hate it. Sometimes they don't. But everyone would agree, including the Angular core team, that directives need some sort of rewrite. They're complicated. There's a lot of methods that have really strange names in them. um, And it's not completely obvious how they work together. And even with tests, it can be difficult to test them. So let's, let's make a statement that Angular 2 could use a brand new directive API. I don't think anyone would cry when the old API goes away and a better one comes in, okay? that's one of its nice. weaknesses, right? Yeah. So um, they're looking at uh, as an example, and they kind of point out, well, look at all these things. Uh, for example, the name of the component is a string. The uh, dependency injection, they're showing the erase syntax, which is a way of keeping uh, keeping minified code safe. But you have to put the, the, the parameter in twice. Um, you have to ask for things by strings and so on and so forth. Uh, and then they say, well, you know, it would really be better if we could somehow uh, find a way to make this a little more uh, typed or safe so that when we run the code, we can say, you know what? You didn't pass me an element in this parameter, or you didn't give me a set of options, or you didn't supply a timeout object, or maybe that a array is an array of this type. Now. So when you say this type, you think JavaScript, no obla types. The thing is JavaScript doesn't, but type, uh, I should say at script does. So if you think about where a lot of the um, people who like Angular came from and some of the developers of Flex was an ECMAScript 1.5 compatible language that had on top of it features, and they called that... ActionScript. ActionScript. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) Everyone looks at me like you dope. Um, So...
1: They did that there. If you look at the code of this, does it not look a fair amount like ActionScript? I, mean, honestly, I looked. At, it looks exactly like Java. It looks like making <laughs> making JavaScript actually JavaScript, script. Java space script. Yes. So,
2: for example, what I'm looking at that you can't see, but we'll put, post a link to it, is there's an annotation at directive. That's Java, right? right? That looks like Java. And that is that is an Angular way of specifying a component type. So they're saying here's a directive, and it's going to be attached to something with a property called blink on it. Oh God, a blink tag. (laughs) Then you see the ECMAScript 6 syntax of a class object. And so the difference between ECMAScript 6 classes and constructor functions is constructor functions are all by convention, right? You do a a function with a capital name and you set this dot whatever to be features of the class and it brings back that object with those things in it. With a class in ECMAScript, you have a class keyword. So you say this is a class. This actually has a type or I should say it has a class definition name, and you give it a capital name, just like like a constructor function, and then you actually define a constructor keyword which defines your parameters. What they've done in addition to that is they've now allowed types in those parameters. So the constructor would normally be constructor parameter comma parameter comma parameter, parameter, and then inside the block you would say this dot something equals my parameter, and you'd set your member variable. What they're doing in addition to that is they're saying, yeah, but put a type in there after a colon. Mm-hmm. So there's your typed scripting. In fact, TypeScript, which this is we're kind of a derivative concept of, um, even references at script as like a future thing. Um, and so now we have this ability to have types, and we have this ability to assert that the types are correct. The way they do it is the tracer compiler with the at script extensions will generate ECMAScript 1.5 language. And when they do that, they will replace all these types with APIs. So I jumped down a bunch of things in here. Um, They basically have three things in their development environment that make up TypeScript. It's the combination of having operate optional types in your code with metadata around the types of your components and then with an introspection API for things like dependency injection. And that's what AtScript provides on top of ECMAScript 6. And all of this compiles down to ECMAScript 5 for other people to use. That's the whole point of... This Now, I assume that there's a switch you can throw in Tracer to say, you know what, I want the ECMAScript 6 version, because ultimately you'll want to have just TypeScript or AtScript on top of ECMAScript 6,
1: you know? Yeah, because it seems like, I mean, I have no idea, but some of this stuff uh, it can be true with CoffeeScript. Um, once you compile it down, it's great that you can get down to ECMAScript 5, but... Good luck debugging it because it, you know, has to go through pretty many gyrations to simulate types and constructors and, uh, you know, I saw generic, um, you know, collections and things like that. Well, I'm glad you brought that up.
0: Uh, well, hopefully they'll add some source mapping so that it can, yeah, it you can, can go backwards. So, yeah. so, 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 so to counteract
2: that statement, <laughs> Ember guy, um, no, uh, to counteract that statement, if you take a look at the generated code in the in the presentation, jump down a little bit, mm-hmm. um, they do assert functions, and so there are assert functions. Um, in ECMAScript 6, I believe this is asserts. Um, I assume that that's what that does. And then in ECMAScript 1.5, there's a, there's a library that they will swap in called RTTS. And what they do is they shim the library in so that when you take a look at something, I'm trying to find it in here, it's RTTS.assert. You know, so it makes sure that uh, something will actually function. I'm trying to find it here, but I can't. But of course, this is a podcast. You can't see what I'm doing. So we'll post a link to the at script uh, thing. And I think that's what generated a lot of Comments. Now let's let's talk a little bit about just that concept. What do you guys think about this? And and like what your your initial thoughts of what you see there of this at script and tracer stuff. Any any thoughts around that?
0: Well I mean it's turning the JavaScript back into a compiled language, which is, you know, somewhat annoying, but it It has some benefits. It it worked for ActionScript, but it was also I you know, hated ActionScript at the same time. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, it looks a lot like Java. I'm an old Java guy, so I can certainly understand it. Um, they they show in this presentation a comparison of some things like how you would do annotations and parameters in CoffeeScript, and they certainly look much improved in AtScript. Oh, yeah, there it is. But um, you know, it, it certainly is clean. It's tricky, but I kind of ref- echo Don's statements of you know, do you want all this? Because I was a Java guy, and now I'm turning into a version of a Ruby guy. And, um, you know, you don't have this kind of ceremony. And so um, there's a lot of niceties to not have to have this kind of stuff. And, you know, you you can have um, typed parameters, and that's fine. Or you can just have parameters that take anything, and you can just pay attention with the, you know, with the name of your of your variables and stuff and use that to infer what's going to happen. Um, it's kind of a, it, it is kind of a big shift though from a language that kind of embraces not having to have a lot of types to we're going to make you have a lot of types on top of it and again if you if this is the way of the future for angular could there be a lot of people who prefer that one style who are kind of forced into another
0: right well i think the types might be optional and for you know, big projects with a lot of teams. Uh, sometimes types can make things a lot clearer. It can make the code a lot more maintainable. Yeah. Um, and just so that your intentions aren't uh, they're explicitly spelled out. So the next person that comes along and has to maintain this, even if it's, you know, the original developer, six months later on, sometimes it can be a lot clearer to have it spelled out like this.
2: I think it's worth uh, paying some, t- or shining some light on the fact that the, the JavaScript, the good parts. You know, I, when I teach Angular, I mostly teach a, a chapter in the beginning, which is basically good parts chapter concept. Don't go crazy with you know a crazy constructor functions unless you need them. An object's very easy to create with braces if you want to. Um, you know, be aware of these dynamic variables and how they function and learn how that works. And there's ultimately less code involved in writing code that way. But you have to write a lot more tests. Whereas I think if you've got all these APIs in here and they work the way they're supposed to, they will do this for you. So there is, there is the developer productivity side, which I get too, that I think is useful. But I think that that will be a lot of the groundswell of concern about this is that, hey, wait, we all thought that the way to program was the program to the good parts of JavaScript. Now you're saying embrace brand new parts of JavaScript and we're not yet on board.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, it's not it, – there's a certain matter of preference. But as, again, I'm going from somebody who did tons of Java programming to getting somewhat more experience with Ruby um, – the reduction in the amount of code, there's a big conceptual overhead to just reading something that has lots of types That's in fair. it. That's yeah. fair. And so if you can make it much, much more concise, it, there's just less typing is less to go wrong. I mean, I, let's put it this way. Java is strongly typed, and I like Java, but it didn't really, I don't, there were still tons of bugs in code. And because it was typed, people tended to write less tests, I think, saying, well, the compiler does at least something for me. You really want all those tests anyway. So there's an argument to, you know, you're going to need to, you should be writing all those tests anyway. So why not just go with a language that lets you be more concise? You're going to have all those tests because the compiler, yeah, it's going to catch a few things here or there. But a lot of times your bugs are not going to be related, in my opinion, to typing. Like, you know, you're they're going to be related to, to something more complex.
2: To, t- to check. I mean, yeah. it's a lot of those assert you know, when you do assert this as type of whatever would then just be part of your parameter declaration. Yeah, and the, and the, things, the, ver- you know.
1: the verbosity of it, you know, is, is a can be a problem. But anyway, that's a there's a huge continuum, and there's certainly no right or wrong answer to that.
0: Right. Well, I think one of the things I like is that the team is really moving to, let's take advantage of these newer features in the languages and browsers. And also, I think their goal is to really move forward to make it easier for people to develop... Um, develop these apps, and develop big enterprise applications with Java. Yeah, that's... I mean, sorry, JavaScript. <laughs> which pretty really
1: close will be the same thing. But, <laughs> but it, it is a very ambitious that they've decided that, you know, we're not even... that we're actually going to push the entire language, really, is what well, they're doing with that script, versus we're not just going to make a framework within the confines of JavaScript. We really have a, a, a path forward, and we're going to push everything towards that. I mean, it's a very ambitious, and, you know, that part's impressive. Go ahead.
0: And it's no. still in progress, too. I mean, it's not out yet. It's not going to be out for a while. And I think that a lot of people are getting you know, really nervous about this, where there's still a lot of great things you can do with the current Angular. It's going to be around for a long time. There's tons of apps written yeah, in let's, it. Yeah,
2: let's talk about it for a second. So, so even Google themselves said that they got 1,100 plus apps internally written in Angular. Something tells me they're going to have to address how the migration path happens and keep Support open for those apps alone. I mean, there's no way they're going to upgrade 1100 apps. And, so, and the other thing is, they did state that they're going to keep support open for I believe it was two years. I'm not sure exactly I have to find the reference to it. Um, but I think they were saying two years after the initial release of Angular 2. And and Dom, we were talking about this. What's yeah. your what's your opinion on that? Just from a software engineering perspective. I
0: mean, I think that's a pretty awesome commitment. Let's say you know it takes them six months or a year to release it, and they're going to support Angular for another two years after that. I mean, what other open source project or even commercial project uh, that you're using is going to give you that level of support that far out in the future? I Ubuntu. mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. you, else, yes, yes, so, good point. so, well, so we need. Well, but that's, else, an op- yes? that's an operating system. But no, like you're going to build. <laughs> no, you know, right. like yeah. what's what does Ember say they're going for support in the future? Right. Uh, what does well, React I think, say? I think
1: mostly they support the current version, um, but they say, but a lot of these will say that they'll keep it. They'll they'll maintain more backward compatibility, so you can migrate to the current version more easily. So, but let's back into. So we we saw this keynote. It talked about at script. Um, it said that the new versions of Angular are going to use this ad script. But what is that? Is there any more information about, so I have an Angular 1.0 app. Um, how painful is it going to be for me to upgrade to 2.0? Um, so, I mean, I kind of generally get that ad scripts, this language enhancement. I don't think they know yet. And I, and I think that that's what
2: we were debating at lunch. Don and I went to lunch before this and really kind of brainstormed on this. Um, I, I think that it, it's they need to... If they're going down this road and they're looking at what the future looks like, they need to realize the future before they can even do anything with what the past, how it meets the future, you know, um, through the present. Um, Christmas present, anybody? No. Um, point being, though, it's you don't really know yet because you don't know what you have yet. So how can you move from what you are going to have in 2.0 oh, before you even have it realized? And I don't think they're ready. I think that in a way... I almost think that this is just too early of an announcement. I think that it's probably good that they got it out there, but for a lot of enterprise developers, they panic when they see that something's going to change as much. But we really honestly don't know how much it is going to change and and, and how different it is once it's compiled down with Tracer.
1: We really don't know. Well, I mean, they have this Angular two O status and preview. Can you download it? Can we play around with the preview release? Is that, is that what we're supposed to be where'd doing? You, Where did you see that? Um on GitHub somewhere? I just did Google the Angular 2.0.
2: Yeah, there's there's kind of an experiment <laughs> release. Um, he's a liar. Don't listen to him. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah so, so I think there is like this. <laughs> I you have like to this. watch the
1: smart ones, but sometimes it pays to watch the dumb ones, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you, Joel. Um,
2: so let's see. Um, yeah, so, so are you looking at the ng-learn website? Because I am. That's yeah. old. So actually... Um, uh, it, it actually came out. This Angular uh, website ng-learn.org came out with a March of 2014. So it's not yes. this is how long it's been out here. Yeah. Um, Angular 2 status and preview, and they basically kind of put together a few experimental builds of some things that were out there at the time. Got it. So that's bad information. Well, it's not bad. It's just old, right? That's. I mean, it's it, the last update was like there were a couple comments, you know. Um, and so one of them was, I have a large app in 1.2 Angular. How does one point to two O Angular? And it's like, well, well, no one knows yet because it's not out <laughs> yet. Yeah. So I'd say, first of all, I mean, just from a perspective of, of an enterprise developer and consultant, someone who works with software all the time in different releases, I think all of us have been there where we've gotten early word on major changes. Java 1. four, right? Any Java developer that went through Java 1. four to Java 1. five, the one thing that Java 1. five had that was different than this situation was, they didn't have to change the original API, so they just left everything available and said, you can use these new features if you want to. And I think that's what enterprise developers who've been adopting Angular, they were thinking Angular was going to be that Java EE of the desktop. And I think that you know maybe it still could be that concept of here's my desktop framework for doing development, but it may have to go through some maturing Because the browsers aren't going to stand still. That's the biggest issue we have. And I don't even think you can blame Angular for that. I think you have to blame the JavaScript standard moving forward for every development team looking at that and saying, now, how do we fit ECMAScript 6 into our landscape? Is it better? Is it not? This team chose, they felt that it was worth going to. They felt that there were some definite benefits from them from a development perspective to develop Angular 2 on and they even said if you want to develop your app on Angular, two in ECMAScript six, and even use the at script compiler for your own uses, it'll be there. So they're they're firmly putting their feet in the future. I don't know. You know, you you were looking at the Ember site. Their perspective
1: was we're going to support a couple releases back. Is that it? Um, so they have. Um, they're still moving forward, but I think they have. So they don't. I don't think they they support releases back, but they have. Um, Moving forward, the, the the versions are fairly compatible, so they've very been to semantic versioning, like they don't break it until they move. And up. I'm assuming
2: they use a lot of like conventions, so that you know you don't have as much raw JavaScript syntax to deal with as you do conventions for building your things in the right places with the right names, and the right patterns, right?
1: I mean, they do make sometimes small API changes, but they're very very careful and, and about that. So I do think okay. that they're, um, you know, they're they're making some some fairly large changes, but they're um, Working within the confines of the existing APIs, they have they're committed to not completely changing it. Like I guess, um, just as a as an update, we were just talking. I looked at this. Uh, there was on InfoQ. There was a good article about um, Angular Two. Yes, I seen that article too. And, and it says it right that now. they're going to that the this the um, some of the new things that someone who attended the the conference had mentioned that Angular Two O eliminates our controllers. That sounds kind of big. Uh, directive definition object uh, dollar sign scope which is like essential which is like everything angular dot module and that's because so, they're going to use the ECMAScript six moduling. so so a lot of this sounds like it would be if they stick with this path that it would be fairly substantially different if you took your existing angular app and you wouldn't just be changing a few uh... method calls here or there that were changed kinda of thing
2: so in the write-up I did for this which we're gonna have online at the same time of the podcast today um, I, I made a, a case for either deprecation and then elimination after a couple releases or a release um, so that you have a fair amount of time once it's released to know that there's a line in the sand of when this is going away or at a bare minimum, um, you know, if you, if, well, that's the bare minimum. And then otherwise having the ability to maybe run the 1.3 stuff alongside of 2.0, you know, so having a compatibility layer that will live for the next, let's say, one to two releases until you can get everyone over. You know, like, for example, a Spring MVC, when they went to annotation-driven Spring MVC, believe it or not, you could still, I believe today, load a Spring MVC 2 app, and it will run. It won't be the best thing in the world to work with, but it will still function. All those old classes are there, um, but they use annotation-driven for everything else, and all the future development is annotation-driven. So I just, personally, I think that it would be good for the Angular team to remember that A large number of the companies that pick them are big companies with lots of developers that have, they're going to make investments in this platform. And that means that if they're going to, you need to have a very long upgrade path because enterprises don't turn their ships overnight.
1: Not at all. And there's going to be lots and lots of code that people do not want to update. I mean, these, there are web apps that live a decade and it's not as uncommon as it sounds. Um, However, I guess if you you know the way that against if they've committed to maintaining the 1x branch or whatever for a couple of years for a couple yeah. of years. I mean, that's a pretty long time. Yeah, it, it still won't make everybody happy, but um you know that that's that's a pretty pretty big commitment.
2: And and you know because it's it's an architectural switch, everything's changing. So we just have to realize that we're in a time where the browsers they're in this rapid mode of upgrade. The languages are being upgraded. And if a company decides to go forward with new technology, there may be some real benefits there. They were talking about um, uh, Igor Minar, one of the developers in this project, and this is in that InfoQ article um, from um, Dave Ifland. Uh, He said that uh, Igor said, in 2.0, we are not going to use DOM wrappers inside of the framework at all. That's what JQ Lite basically is. It's a jQuery Lite version. We're just, and this is what Don and I have been talking about a lot, is that you know the DOM's gotten a lot better so he says, we're just going to deal with the raw DOM. The DOM has improved quite a bit since we started, so we don't, actually don't need a compatibility layer that will help us with the different browsers as much as we used to need it. So we can just build with raw DOM, but if you want to use jQuery, if you find it useful, that's totally fine. So they don't even force you to even bother with the jQuery APIs, because you can do things like document. you know what is it, find elements by class name or you know no, like css selector. selector
0: right as long as you're dealing with the more modern browsers dealing directly with the dom isn't as painful but jquery is great when you got to go back and deal with older browsers and you need that and
2: wrapper. you may you may right. be able to with AtScript script and with the with the tracer compiler maybe they're going to make it so that you could run angular i don't know but maybe you can run angular 2 on ie11 and still get your productivity out of it and still use the older ways of doing things with jquery if yeah. you had
0: to. I mean, I like one of the things that it really looks like the team is really forward looking and seeing, hey, what can we do to leverage these new technologies and also to make Angular applications better and easier for the developer. And yeah. so those are awesome goals. I think that a lot of people are just freaking out because it's new and it's different and Angular 1's pretty damn good. We like using it for a lot of things. Yeah. Um but we don't know what, you know, Angular 2's unknown or so it's like people are getting a little bit nervous, like, hey, you're taking this away. What's going to happen?
2: Yeah. So we'll have to we'll, we'll keep watch on it in the developer news segments when we, we get back to doing those on a regular basis again, um, which hopefully is next month. Um, and I think that we will have some answers for you soon. I don't think that the team will let this settle the way it is without at least kind of a clarification of their direction a little bit more. Um, there is ng-conf 2015 coming up in March. So at a bare minimum, by March, there will be more solidification of this. And it, there might be a, you know, here's what we think two might be. Right. So just keep in mind that it, it, there's no reason to panic about Angular changing. In fact, if anything, it's a good thing that they're looking at the future and they're trying to improve the framework.
0: Right, and trying to get some input from the community now, which is really cool. And I think that, you know, they're not going to be releasing this till later in 2015, I think some of the That's what they're dates. looking at.
2: There's no actual date, but...
0: And so in the meantime, you know, there's a lot of work to be done and things to be built, and so... I'm pretty confident we can stick with building things in Angular 1. 1 Three is rock solid. And do, you know, really great work in, as we learn more about this, figure out those migration paths further into the future.
2: There may even be, if you look at, like, Tracer, for example, there may even be a way for them to build a utility to help convert some of the code. I mean, it's always hard to do that, but it's very possible. They could say, okay, well, this was the wrapper around a controller, and now we do a web component instead. Let's go and parse that out and change things around. So there's definitely opportunity to you know, find what those gaps are and write utilities to help developers move, so. Agreed. Okay, great. Well, um, Don Coleman and Joel Confino, thank you so much. It's always fun to be on the Dev News. Yes, yeah, thanks
1: Ken.